Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are how are you doing? Good. It's a Good. Saturday. We're recording on a Saturday on the weekend. So we're, we're recording on our weekend. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> messaging Katie, I was like, oh, sorry, I'm gonna be a bit late. Rory decided to have a meltdown, so that's. That's been our Saturday, um, <laughs> but it was good up until then. He just had a wee little meltdown because he's tired. That's how it goes with little wee ones, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. he was good. We went to the grocery store, and it's, like, so funny how back in the day I had major anxiety about going grocery shopping with him because he's just so little, and if he has, like, a meltdown, it's like, what do you do? You can't – you know, the only thing that would help them is the boob, right? And now <laughs> – it's like, oh, I can put him in the little car. And he just, like, babbles the whole time we're walking up and down the aisle. <laughs> trying to smile at people and pointing and talking. And he just, you know, if they get fussy, I just give them some snacks. So it's great. We had <laughs> Sounds a great like me. If I, if, I get, if I get fussy, just set me down and give me some snacks and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's me as well. So it's like, baby, I get it. I get it. You're hungry. Get some snacks in you. His little <laughs> babbles are very cute. Sarah will send me voice messages and occasionally I hear Rory in the background like blah blah mama blah blah mama <laughs> he's so vocal it cracks me up oh it's so oh, funny and, and now that he dude. says words he's like what's that what's that and he points or mama oh. dada it's so cute oh yeah. so boy oh He's just growing up too fast. I know. <laughs> Katie had some yummy bagels on her Saturday. And that's I delicious. Did. Got some good bagels. And uh, that segues into our topic, weirdly enough. Oh, my um, God. Are we talking about bagels? I love bagels. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were talking more about bagels because I fucking love bagels. <laughs> but we're talking about fasting today, <sighs> which I wouldn't have been able to have my bagel. If I had been fasting. And that is a tragedy, I will that tell is. you. <laughs> the ultimate tragedy, yeah. Is not yeah. having bagels. So um, I got this information from the church's website under the, the, the LDS church, obviously, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, <laughs> under their topics and questions segment under fasting. Um I also got some information from Everyday Health and Nutrition Journal. And a little co- content warning here. I will be discussing a little bit of um, disordered eating uh, at the end. So just if that's, if that's sensitive for you, just beware. But fasting, I, <laughs> I oh just, uh, and I, I just want to say too, What we will be covering is religious fasting. So, like, don't come for me with your, ah, I do intermittent intermittent fasting and it's great for me. Like, that's fine. Eat whatever you want. Eat however you want. I don't care. What I'm talking about is religious fasting that is obligatory and that you feel like you must do for your salvation. I'm not talking about, like, a dietary lifestyle. No. We're talking strictly about religious fasting that is, like – that they believe Mormon God really cares if you don't eat for 24 hours. Yeah. (laughs) 
right? Again, Mormon God is a petty bitch. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Like, that is the ultimate pettiness, right? Right? You can't eat anything. Yeah, you can't eat or drink anything for a whole day, and I'm watching you specifically and all these among all these billions of people, I'm gonna get offended if you sneak a cracker because you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so from the church's website, it says, "Fasting is a commandment from the Lord, where we humble ourselves before Him by voluntarily refraining from eating and drinking." In the church today, one Sabbath day each month is set aside for the purpose of fasting. So. Yeah, it says members of the church go without food and water for two consecutive meals in a 24-hour period and then contribute the money that would have been spent for that food to those in need. So, yeah, this is called Fast Sunday. It's you typically the first Sunday of every month, Yeah, yeah. which would be tomorrow for us. <gasps> True. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they have – you're supposed to fast. You're supposed to not eat for at least two meals and then donate that money. So, again, more money going to the church that, again, has hundreds of billions of dollars. And you're not supposed to drink water. I'm such a water slut. Like, I have a water bottle right here. How I, I would not be able to do. I would, well, I, I never did it. Like, I mean, okay, that's a lie. I did. No, I never did it without water, I don't think. I think mm. if I'm being, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure I always would have water. But I never fasted really until like right before I left maybe because I just always thought it was stupid. Really? So you didn't really do the fast? No, I might. Here's how I would justify it. Like at BYU when I was living in Utah, I would be like, oh, I didn't eat breakfast. So that's my fasting. Like I Mm. just wouldn't eat one meal. Uh Um, But I never did the whole like two meals or uh, 24 hour thing none of that like I I didn't I would pay like I would still on fast Sunday I'd give money because that's how fucked up yeah brainwashing yeah. was where I was like I have to give money at least or else I'm not gonna get any blessings and murmur um but I I'm pretty sure in Utah I never did the full fasting it was just I'd wake up and be like oh well I'm not gonna eat breakfast and that's one meal at least and then I would have lunch when I got home but in Berlin, I did do it a few times where I actually did skip two meals. And I just remember thinking I, that was so the temple, going to the temple and feeling like it was weird and just strange. And also fasting were the two things as a Mormon. I was not very Molly Mormon mm-hmm. because I just didn't get it. Like I, the fasting part, I was like, I really don't understand why God cares if I don't eat for two meals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but and I think we'll get into this later it also was quite triggering for me because I do have an eating disorder history and so if I would stop eating then it would kind of trigger that for me and be like okay you've already skipped two meals you can just keep going like this good right yeah yeah I am I I was kind of in the same boat as you but I I think probably a lot of people did this and you'd, you'd eat little or you would skip one meal, but you were supposed to skip two and not drink water. But I think most people, even if they didn't do it, they acted like they did because you're, it's expected of you to not yeah. eat, which is so bizarre when you really step back and think about it. Like what the heck? <laughs> exactly. And, and there would be like, I remember, especially in the youth, you know, it was like a, a competition or everyone's yes. thinking about, 
who's the most righteous for you to date and marry. So it would always be like, oh, I've been fasting for three weeks because I'm that righteous. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah. exactly. But they would be like, oh, I, I started my fast last night, and so I want to keep going. So uh, not eating. Or being, like, really obnoxious and be like, do you want a piece of gum? And some people would take it oh, and like, I don't yeah. chew gum when I fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fasting. I don't chew gum. It's like, ew, you are annoying. <laughs> or ew, like, I, also, you have mad hunger breath. Please sort it. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah, the, and the whole thing, like, I have a big decision to make in my life, so I'm fasting. Like, <laughs> help you make decisions you're gonna you're hungry no one makes good decisions when they're hungry no one does <laughs> trust <laughs> trust you can feel the spirit more or like your heart is more open because you're fasting that's what they say and yeah. I'm here to call bullshit <laughs> <laughs> So the church's website says, fasting has been a practice of the prophets of God and members of his church since ancient times. In Old Testament times, Moses and Elijah fasted. For the Israelites, fasting was often used for certain occasions or for divine assistance. In the New Testament times, Jesus Christ, Josh H. Christ, fasted 40 days and 40 nights in preparation for his ministry. I just want to say, did he, though? Like For real. 40 days without food or water. I think, I don't think you can go a week without water. I've, I've watched Naked and Afraid, y'all. <laughs> if you go 21 days, I don't even, I think you can't go 21 days without eating or you die. I mean, maybe in rare cases you can survive, but. I think it's like rare cases you can, but water, definitely not. Like, you yeah, water, you need water. Long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he taught his disciples about the power and importance of fasting. This commandment to fast continues in our day. Barf. <laughs> and then, it, okay, it says fasting can be a more spiritual experience and draw you closer to God. Consider the following. Begin and end your fast with a prayer. <laughs> fast with a purpose. Fast with a happy countenance. So don't be grumpy about being hungry. Be happy about being hungry. I mean, no one is happy when they're <laughs> hungry. I'm sorry. Bullshit. Fast with a happy countenance, Sarah. Smile your way through the hunger. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Never. I am the world's, like, bitchiest. Like, when I'm hangry, no, no. Oh, same. Greg has learned. He just brings <laughs> snacks or he makes sure we have places. If we're out somewhere, we have a check-in point. Like, yeah. we will go to lunch at this time. There's a cafe nearby. <laughs> It he is just planned. Whip, he whips out a granola bar when you start getting bitchy, like, here. <laughs> He's like, you know what? This was an easy transition when we had a kid because I'm used to, like, making sure we have snacks and everything because I have to do it with you. Yeah. Oh, then it says encourage your family members to fast. Be that annoying person that's like, why are you eating? It's fast Sunday. Oh, I'm so, I mean, that's one thing that is, like, as a Mormon, I was, like, glad I didn't have Mormon family growing up because no one ever asked me to fast like it was just not a thing in my house but I remember staying over at Mormon friends and if I stayed a night on a Saturday and it was fast Sunday their whole family's like well we're gonna go to bed and um, we're done eating for the day and have a prayer and in the morning I was like oh, I'm so hungry I'm can I have a pop tart <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, no one's eating. And you feel this like pressure of like, 
okay, I guess I'm not eating either. I'm so hungry. Oh, it's so stupid. Um, it says attend fast and testimony meeting as a family. Uh, fast for special purposes at times other than on fast Sunday, like we said. <laughs> People did that. Pay yep. a generous fast offering and urge your children to also contribute to fast offerings. Oh my god, it's so corrupt, you guys. The more and more we talk about these things, it makes me it makes my blood boil how much the church like encourages kids to give their money to their bullshit and like it's evil. It's corrupt. It's so yes. fucked up. Yeah, these kids get a, a dollar a week for allowance or whatever. It's probably more now. <laughs> Dating yeah. yourself. But yeah, you're like, <laughs> you need a little little Timmy, you need to give ten cents to your fast offering. I just it's just crazy it's crazy and and you like you said it's corrupt because they have so much money they do not need anymore wow it's outrageous and then um yeah and it says teach your family to give offerings willingly and cheerfully again always be happy always be smiling give your money positivity Mm -hmm. give your money while you're hungry it's the ultimate control uh elder l tom perry taught quote the law of the fast has three great purposes. First, it provides assistance to the needy through the con- contribution of fast offerings consisting of the value of meals from which we abstain. So this is what they love to say. They they love to say what you donate um, from your fast offerings, that goes to people who are in need. And I just it's so outrageous because like we just barely said they have so much money they yeah. could already be giving to the needy. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Here's here's what I think we always try to point out and reiterate is if you want to give your money, if you were very much in a financial place where you can give your money, like you can donate for charitable causes. We're not saying that you shouldn't do that, right? Like that's something right. that's up to you. It's your choice. But what's corrupt is like saying as a member of the church, in order for you to be a worthy member, to receive all these blessings within the church, you have to donate 10% of your income. Plus, if you want to be really righteous and get those extra blessings, then you need to do fast offering as well and donate mm-hmm. that money. That's where it's fucked up. You should not have to donate, especially when you don't have the means to do it. And that's very common in the Mormon church where you don't have the means and you feel pressure to do it anyways. And then, like Katie said, we don't even, A, you don't, you never know exactly where your money goes when you No, it's not transparent. No. No, it's like you're donating to a credible charity where you can see exactly where your money's going. You can see the Mm -hmm. good that's being used for. It's not like that. And also, Mm -hmm. we know that they have multiple like investments in private and public companies that they make their money from so it's not like it's a a corporation that is profitable of a hundred billion because they I don't know do charity work and donation and through that they get income like donations from really wealthy people no it's a business that's Mm -hmm. what it is Mm -hmm. absolutely it's a business it's a corporation and (laughs) They're just milking their members dry for no reason. They they yeah. shouldn't be collecting tithing or fast offerings. It's yeah. unethical. It, yeah. They don't need it. It's, uh, yeah. Um, it, He says, second, a fast is beneficial to us physically. Is uh, it? Is it? And then third, 
It is to increase humility and spirituality on the part of each individual. Mm. Okay. I don't see anything good through all that. Okay. Nope. The Bishop of the Ward is called by the Lord to administer in all temporal things, including distribution of the fast offering funds. Bestowed with the powers of discernment, the bishop determines who should receive temporal assistance and how it should be given. With a sincere understanding of this sacred trust, the bishop is guided by basic welfare principles. These principles include counseling in love and with compassion, encouraging family reliance, hmm, asking your family first before you ask the church, strengthening members to become self-reliant, meeting temporary needs, providing goods and services necessary to sustain life that are common to most members of the ward, and providing opportunities to work for the assistance received. There it is. There if it you, is. So that's where they're saying, so the charity goes to the bishop can give basic, basic fundamental goods to people like canned food and toilet paper. But they have to work for it if they ask for it. It's not just given to them. It's so fucked. And you guys, we just talked about that or briefly touched on it in the last episode, the episode before. But it's like it's really humiliating. Like they don't just say, you know what, like if, if a family goes to the bishop and I'm I'm generalizing it. I, I'm sure there are some bishops out, bishops out there who wouldn't do that. But from my experience of what I've seen within wards and how it's like more or less taught to the leadership who handle this is that they have to work for it but they have to come to you and do basically say like oh I need help and it's like do you need help like how what's happening what you know they pry into your business really want to ask and find out and then instead of just saying you know what you need help with your rent or help with like monetary needs sometimes not just necessarily like here's some food to get through the week it's like they might need a bit of support with their rent or whatever and especially if they've paid money every single month into this like this I said company but into this church (laughs) yeah they won't just say ah here you go it's like you have to work for it you have to clean the church you have to do like maintenance jobs so everyone knows that you're struggling because the church makes you do these task or these like maintenance jobs and then they give you something from the bishop storehouse or warehouse which is just like katie said like tin food and whatever yeah. else that is just like really you're over a hundred billion dollar company like could you not yeah. do you could pay that? you could pay everyone's rent and give them food and you'd still have so much money you don't know what to do with it exactly so. um Fast offerings can be contributed by filling out a donation slip and giving this to members of the bishopric, where conditions permit, ironic priesthood holders may be directed to by the bishop to gather fast offerings from member households each month. So this is how it worked where I lived, because I lived in Orem, Utah, and on Fast Sunday, the ironic priesthood holders, so they're the little boys from ages, what, 13 to 16? Yeah, I think so. They would go around to each door and they would knock on your door and ask you for the fast offering. So it wasn't as though you could just, you know, you decide at church to give your slip to the bishop. <laughs> they, if, you, if you didn't do that, they come a knocking and <laughs> so they bad. ask you for it. So you're it's it's so awkward. You're kind of forced to do it. <laughs> It's so awkward, and I never experienced that because where I'm from, like, they could just never do that because you live way yeah. too far away and it's too much gas money, but 
I do remember when I was at BYU and in the singles ward, they do that shit as well in singles wards. Like they will come to your. Oh, wow. And I was like, what is this? Or they'll go to like other members in the war that are, you know, like part of the presidency or like some, you know, like the members who have an overlap between the singles ward and the non-singles ward or whatever. They'd also go knocking on their door. It was just like the weirdest thing around. I just felt like it's such door-to-door sales, which is what they do in their mission, but also apparently after their missions as well. Yeah, and they're doing that. It's crazy that they just do that to college kids. They're, you know, yeah. you're at the lowest income point of your life. <laughs> they're like, give us more money and go hungry while you're trying to study to get a degree. Cool. Yeah, it's like, oh, give us, you know, you've already taken out a student loan to pay for your education and your living costs. But on top of that, like, let's make you go further in debt and, and take some of that student loan so that you have to depend on other means as well. Yeah, that makes sense. right. Uh, now it says when teaching children about fast offerings consider studying Matthew 25 verses 35 through 40 to illustrate the importance of taking care of the poor and needy explain that when they give their fast offerings to the bishop those funds are used to help sick and needy members of your ward or branch if your child is already aware of needs such as a member who is sick or a family that is struggling with employment, you can use this as an example of what their offerings would be going to. Invite your children to consider how they can contribute to the fast offering fund. And this makes my blood fucking boil. Because look, there's that struggling family. There's that sick member. So you want to help them give your money to the church. Why not give your money to the struggling person? them. Exactly. Oh my God, it's so messed up. Ah, like it makes me so irritated. Like, yeah, exactly. Don't give your money to the church. Just go. You know, if you see a family struggling and you can help out in any way, like you could donate clothes to them if they need that. If they need food, you could give them food directly. Yeah. Give them money to get food. Have them over for a hot meal. Like, right. All There's these so many things. ways. Yeah. There's so many things you can do that would actually help people but giving your money to a church you don't even know where that money's going you don't know if it's going to go help that sick or needy person it's uh it makes me so upset yeah me too it just (sighs) and, and because when you're in it you don't see it that way you're just like oh yeah because it's also it's and this is the other fucked up part is it's never 100% you wanting to serve other people because at the end of the day the Mormon church teaches you that unless you do this stuff you don't get blessings either so it's not just oh right, I want right. to be charitable from the the bottom of my heart and like you know it's it's what I want to do it's like maybe a lot of it does have to do with that but at the end of the day it's also the fact that you're taught that if you don't do these things then you won't receive blessings right it's not so, actually charity because it's no. kind of self-serving yeah exactly um because if you don't follow these commandments, then like Sarah said, you won't get the blessings and you may not get a temple recommend, which means you can't go to the temple, which means you can't, you know, have all the covenants and special handshakes, which means you can't get into the highest level of heaven, which means after you die, you won't be with your family anymore. You'll be separated from them. You won't be able to be with God in the afterlife. So it's really um, it's fear driven. 
mostly not charity driven because if you don't do it your salvation is fucked right exactly (laughs) yep okay now that was the end of the church's website thank satan Um, (laughs) but okay now i want to talk about the harm of religious fasting like i said before again repeating my caveat that eat what you want when you want how you want and i know a lot of people have eating schedules that work for them and by no means are we talking about that again just reiterating we're talking about obligatory religious fasting that people do because they're afraid for their salvation so yes um and this comes from my sources that i noted earlier uh let me go back and scroll it was everyday health and nutrition journal and i just thought that this was really interesting and um rang clear to me like it it hit home with me so we'll see what you think um it says although religious fasting is safe for some people there are exceptions for example people who are sick pregnant or breastfeeding should not fast and even though fasting may have mental health benefits for some it can definitely be detrimental to the mental health of others that's why some experts believe there should be mental health related exceptions for religious fasting Yeah, experts offer three reasons why it may be important to abstain from religious fasting to protect your mental health. But I guess I kind of want to go back. Um, Yeah, pregnant or breastfeeding, you should not fast. No, you (laughs) should not. And and hopefully, hopefully more men, women who are pregnant and breastfeeding don't fast. But Mm -hmm. I could see really, you know, strict Mormon women maybe attempting it. And that's not safe. A hundred percent. I don't know so much about pregnant. I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure. And I would feel confident saying that, like, I'm sure there's some Mormon women out there who would fast while being pregnant because they feel like that's what they're supposed to do. But I think breastfeeding, I think, yeah, I mean, I I, I remember knowing people who would breastfeed, but also fast. So oh man, now that like, I, you know, I'm still not, not, not because I want to, I'm still breastfeeding because I have a child who refuses to wean. Um, <laughs> it's so, especially in the beginning days, because it affects your milk supply, but also mm-hmm. you're so fucking hungry when you breastfeed. Like, I cannot, if you've oh. never breastfed in your life, I can't, like, it's just the hunger that you cannot describe. Like, I, wow. like, what is happening? I am starving all the time. It was way more intense than actually being pregnant. It was like this this hunger that you could just never feel it was like constant. I mean, now it's died down a bit because I'm not breastfeeding as much, but in the beginning, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, there's wow. no way. So I can you imagine. imagine trying to fast? No way. And you would, you would get sick as well because your body, when yeah. you breastfeed, it burns calories, right? So if you're right. not eating and you're burning calories, you would just, you would faint. You would. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the re- the main reasons why you should not fast, why it's harmful to fast, is if you have a history of an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says an estimated 20 million American women and 10 million American men have an eating disorder, according to the National Eating Disorders Association, NEDA. What's more I mean, eating? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and that's like reported. So, you know, that number right. is significantly higher because that's, people don't report it. That's a really, really, really good point because I think there's so much stigma 
mm-hmm. and shame that comes with it. And people think like they even probably tell themselves, I don't have an eating disorder, even though they do. Right. Yep. And yep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's good to keep in mind. It's probably way higher. Uh, What's more, eating disorders appear to be more common in certain religious communities than in the general population, which I thought was very interesting. Wow. And I mean, hello rings true for us, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, it's bringing me back to, I mean, not only myself, but living in Utah and just seeing it. It was like the norm. It It was was the norm. It was the norm. Absolutely. Mm hmm. As with other chronic health conditions, people with eating disorders may never completely reach remission or they may need to undergo treatment more than once. For people in recovery from anorexia nervosa and similar conditions, religious fasting may trigger disordered thoughts about food or even a relapse, which can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Eating disorders are the second most fatal type of mental illness surpassed only by by opioid addiction, according to the National Eating Disorders Association. Shit, I didn't know that. I I mean, again, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. For these reasons, it's typically not safe for religious people with eating disorders to fast, says Renee Solomon, Ph.D., a licensed clinical psychologist and the CEO of Forward Recovery in Los Angeles. She says, quote, this reinforces the idea that it is a good thing for them not to feed themselves. Mm -hmm. They work so hard to force their minds to accept the idea that they need to eat and that they deserve to eat. But then fasting for the day completely goes against all the work they have done. And then they want to keep not eating. Yep. That's, that's what you said earlier. On head completely. Yeah. it, It triggers you back into that state of, I don't deserve food. I mm-hmm. I should not eat. And also when a religion is telling you not to eat, so it's supposedly for this righteous purpose, you're like, oh, I'm a better person if I don't feed myself. Yep. 100%. That's that's exactly right. Like the few times that I did fast, I noticed that it was this, it was very triggering and that I would slowly start to be like, well, I, you know, I did it for two meals and I could do it for a third one. Or you know, it is like, you know, if the more righteous you are, you would fast. So, and I'm not really worthy to have food anyways. And like, I can't enjoy what I eat because I constantly think about how many calories is in that. Is that going to make mm. me weight? People are going to judge me because I'm like, I'm, I'm overweight. And so they're going to be like, oh, what are you eating? You should fast more. Like all those thoughts, like, start triggering, right. Um, yeah, definitely. Like when you, when you do fast and especially in front of people, as someone who has an eating disorder, it's like you think that people are judging you or saying like you shouldn't eat. So that's a good thing. It's even though they might not, they're not saying that and they're probably not thinking that with someone with the eating disorder, that's what you would think, right? Right. Like, oh, Absolutely. you're not eating. People are congratulating you on the fact that you're fasting. It's a good thing. Like you don't want to be, you know, disappointing people. So you should probably just continue to not eat. It's a good thing. Oh, oh I hate it. I hate it. Yep. Okay, and then it goes on to say, while not all people with mental health conditions have a hard time with religious fasting, many find it more challenging to manage their condition while fasting. For example, a study published in World Psychiatry found that among religious patients with bipolar disorder, fasting was associated with relapses, meaning that they had a manic or depressive episode for 33% of patients who fasted 
whereas only 15% of those who did not fast had a relapse. So almost double who wow. fasted had a relapse of a, of a manic or depressive episode if they had bipolar disorder, which is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. It's also not uncommon for people with obsessive compulsive disorder to struggle with fasting. One reason is for some with this condition, fasting may exacerbate their OCD symptoms. According to experts at OCD Massachusetts, a mental health clinic in Belmont, the obsessions and compulsions that happen among people with this condition can sometimes center on food and meals. And as with many eating disorders, they may involve recurring ritualistic behaviors. For instance, some people have a form of OCD called scrupulosity, meaning their obsessions are related to religion or morality, and their compulsions may involve repeated cleansing and purifying rituals such as fasting. So they can just get obsessed with not eating because they think it's the righteous or morally high ground thing to do, which that's that's so so dangerous. Yeah, that's really dangerous. And of course, like the Mormon church is not ever going to look into that kind of thing and be like, oh, maybe this isn't something we should promote for all our members. No, they're never going to do that. They're never going to (laughs) say like, you, you should not fast if you have X, Y, Z. They're not going to ever do that. Yeah. They've never said there's any reason why you shouldn't fast. It's always just like every member should fast. Because it, it's a form of control, right? Like that that bite model, it's part of the behavioral control. They control literally what and when you eat. And oh. that gets you more and more brainwashed. Um, and the final bullet point they said is just that in general, sometimes people feel very negative when they fast. So maybe you're not you're not pregnant, you know, you're not breastfeeding, you don't have an eating disorder, you don't have any mental illness, but for some people, it just, it's bad for your body. You feel bad when you don't eat and it doesn't work for everybody. Like some people do it and, and it's fine. And some people do it and they feel good. They're okay with not eating for a long period of time, but other, for other bodies, that's just not how they work. And it's just not good for their system. And it just says that just some people have a much harder time and it's too, too hard for their system. So (laughs) all those other things aside, yeah, all those other things aside, you could be perfectly healthy without any mental illness or history of eating disorder. And (laughs) fasting just doesn't fucking work for you. It doesn't. Exactly. And so you don't need to feel bad about that. You know what I mean? Like it's that pressure where it's like some people, it's just not for them. And that's fine. Yeah. But the church leads you to believe that if you don't fast and give your money, that you're not righteous and that you're not connected to the heavenly realm and that you're not going to see God in the afterlife. And they put this guilt on you because you're a human who needs to eat food and you want to eat food and you don't want to fast. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> to fast for an imaginary God who doesn't care if you eat or not. Yeah, right. Like what? It's so funny to me. Like, yeah, like just like you said, an imaginary God. And even if the God was real, what kind of God cares if you skip a couple of meals? I mean, there's a lot more going on in the world. Exactly. That- I mean, 
is is this God really going to be like, ooh, it's the first Sunday of the month. Everyone better be fussing. Let's see how many people I can make hangry. I am so petty, and I want to see how many people can bitch at each other because they haven't had breakfast or lunch. Let's go. And then <laughs> throw some salt in that wound and ask them to give me my money. Oh, yeah. Money. Oh, I, I remember even – where did I see this? I, I don't remember where I saw this, but – it was some old talk where some old geezer, some apostle was like, I think it may be wise to not to not cook a pot roast on fast Sunday because it fills the house with aromas and every it makes everybody too hungry. Maybe maybe save that for a different Sunday. It's like, oh, my God. I so remember that talk. I don't know who it was, but I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was something like, like, make something that you can make quickly on fast Sunday. Yeah. A slow cooked thing because then everyone's going to want to eat. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Oh. Like, flashbacks on a, a, a Sunday being a Mormon is, like, you come home to a pot roast. It's always something in the, like, a pot roast or something that's, like, a slow cooker meal. Yeah, yeah. And it just, yeah. it just smells so good. And yeah. Well, in conclusion, fuck fasting. <laughs> fuck fasting <laughs> if that doesn't work for you. Religious yeah. fasting, fuck it all. Normal, yeah, whatever. Fasting. Yeah, fasting do whatever you want if you, you want. want. Yeah, regular, whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit. But fuck <laughs> religious fasting. There. Fuck religious fasting. Everyone <laughs> eat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. Have a lot of bagels. Bye. Bye. <laughs>